it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. I've done some greatest hits because I've had to cancel all my podcast interviewees due to a lack of voice. Nightmare. But enjoy. This is a great selection. Not all the top hits, I can assure you, but just a selection. Victoria Doxat, episode seven. I think you've got to be aware that you've got an audience, haven't you? Mm. Um, and actually, I did a thing. This is this is this really surprised me. I did a thing on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. I had I finished teaching, and it was two weeks before my son broke up from school. So I basically had two weeks where I had not anything on, and I'd purposely not taken on too much client work because I had this operation as well. So I'd, I had this free time, and I put a thing on LinkedIn saying, um, "I'm you know I've got some time free. If anybody wants to have a call, like no obligation." just a, basically a, a chat about thought leadership so I can tell you what it is and explain how you can go about creating content like no obligation no sales pitch nothing and I was absolutely overwhelmed with calls and the majority of people who wanted to speak to me were people who I've never connected with you know they've they, they may have followed me or whatever on LinkedIn but they haven't made themselves known mm. they've not commented on any of my posts they've not connected with me they've not messaged me mm. so actually I, I'm now hyper aware that I've got an audience out there that I mm. don't know of yes um so that's that's I've, I'm, I'm not sure if it's made me um take more I don't think it's made me double check the things that I post so much because I don't think I was posting anything that was massively controversial anyway mm. um but it certainly made me realize that there are, you know, you've got a very, very wide reach on LinkedIn. Mm. You know, and you might get six comments on your post and you think, oh, that's not done very well. But actually, people lurking in the shadows, mm. your potential clients or whatever, um, you know, I, I can be hanging off that, actually. So that's why it's like going back to what we said before, it's why it's important to be authentic. Mm. People will spot if you're being inconsistent. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're saying one thing one, one day and then something else the other day, um, you know, you can, you can fool some of the people some of the time, can't you? But you can't fool everyone all of the time. Um, yeah. And people are not stupid. You know, people are not stupid. And if, if you are, um, you know, being inauthentic, then they're not going to want to work with you, are they? Yeah. Why would they want to work with someone who's not what they appear to be? No, so I think I, so. I think I'm aware of that more. I'm, I'm definitely more aware of that since this, uh, since having these calls with people that I don't. You do if you don't open the door a little bit wider, then nobody can come in. You know that. So I mean, obviously your your mates will come in even if the doors open a tiny mm -hmm. bit because they know you're in there and they know you won't mind them coming in. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's only open a crack, the people that don't know you will think, well. I don't know what's behind there. I've walked past or I don't yeah. come in there. I'm not quite sure what's in there. So yeah. you have to open it wider and you do. And, and on leap, yeah. Yeah. And on LinkedIn, the way I found it's a really good analogy actually, opening the door wider. I think that really works. Because on LinkedIn, um, what I found out from my 
you know, new best friends that I've been chatting to on the phone mm. is that actually it's how I've responded to comments on a thread, mm. um, not necessarily my own thread. Um, and the fact that I guess I'm a slightly more formal in my posts, in my mm-hmm. comments, I'm much less formal and I'll be like, mm-hmm. you know, using emojis and, and using colloquial <laughs> language more and stuff, you know, yeah. um, and also having a bit of banter. So I have yeah. quite a lot of banter on some of my threads and some of my kind of friends threads. Um, and people have said to me, a few, few people have said to me, you know what, I've actually got to know you. There's someone behind these posts because I feel that actually I know you a bit more now because I've shown my personality. So that's, that's an example of that door opening more widely. Absolutely. Well, let's just round this up actually by saying that you and I have only met because of um, doors opening wider. Yeah. I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to run with that analogy too far. Um, But so we met um, via somebody else called John Mm -hmm. Asperian. John Asperian, episode three. Well, yeah, definitely. I, I suppose you, you, no point creating content just for you. You're creating it for a purpose, which is to uh, to demonstrate some sort of knowledge or authority in your industry, and that means that the people who are reading it, you want to uh, to influence them in some way, and that means you need to create something that's going to be relevant to them. Um, it's funny the timing of this chat actually, because just yesterday I put out a post about a kind of um, a safety net or a fallback, if you like, so that even if you haven't got your own brand identity really tightly nailed down, which a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, don't, um, I, I came up with a little acronym that, of, of something that you can try and aim for in all of your uh, content, or at least some of it. Um, <clears throat> so I came up with this acronym of CHEER, which stands for Challenging, Helpful, Amusing, Interesting, and Relevant. And if you, if you can get maybe two or three of those things in each of your posts, um, that that's a, is a good way of um, making sure that you're not going to be too salesy or spammy, and that you're providing something of value to your reader. Oh, John! I mean, I mean, you know, wow! Let's just stop for a moment and let me just take that in. That because you didn't tell, you didn't warn me about this. <laughs> that is, I love it. I absolutely love that. It's really good. It's so easy. I mean, there's some people like me who are just who are quite capable of just spouting out, you know, instant stuff all over the place. So I have to hold myself back quite a lot. Um, there are other people who, you know, it's a mountain to climb to put one single post on. Um, yeah. So we're, we're, we're all very different. But, but what, whatever kind you are, having that blend that you've just mentioned because I was going to mention humor actually and you've said amusing is there is there any sort of um etiquette do you think on use of humor well a lot of the best practice advice says that when you're creating content no one expects you to be a comedian and I think that is true Uh, but you have to remember that even in business to business which is what LinkedIn is, is best known for um still human beings who are reading the content at the end of the day. So um, if you can add a little bit of levity to the content, there's very few topics I think that you're likely to talk about as as someone who sells a product or a service. Mm. There's probably very few areas where you couldn't introduce a little bit of levity or lightheartedness in in what you write. Um, 
And so that, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that tends to be most engaging. You know, you'll see some posts do particularly well on LinkedIn and it's, um, uh, it's the kind of thing that stirs emotion. So a bit of fun in there, I think, wouldn't go amiss. Uh, the, the problem a lot of people have is that they just don't have enough confidence to, to really put the true version of themselves out there and and i fell into this trap you know i spent a few years playing a very straight bat and and trying to be prim and proper and and um and it didn't really get me very far episode five talking about being brave i just need to talk about your secret marketing show because (laughs) it's just the business now obviously not all listeners will be familiar with this so number one, where, where's the best place to hook into it? YouTube? Um, you, can, you can look at all of the videos on YouTube, yes. YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Janine Coombs. Um, LinkedIn, presumably, that'll give yeah. you a link there as well. Yeah. You can so the main thing is Secret Marketing Show. Now, what the heck is that, you may ask? Well, it's, uh, it's quirky, brave, out there entertaining incredibly humorous and yet and yet also giving valuable tips so um if i just say to you that listeners that janine uh she plays multiple characters in these videos she puts on wigs and hats and false beards and goodness knows what um uh, is in various locations talking to her other persona at the same time it's that quirky and crazy and yet it is always about something that we will all resonate with if we're in business and um so how what what was the light bulb moment that led to this um i can't remember whether i've actually told you this or not but um there is a story behind it a friend of mine who's a linkedin trainer and regularly does videos got a a message from somebody saying that they um create business videos um, for a living and would she like some free advice about how to maximize her impact and that sort of thing and she said go on then if it's free you know give us some pointers and all the feedback that this person gave her was about her appearance it was it was you look too young to be credible your voice is too high you sound like a school teacher maybe you should wear more makeup and perhaps a set of pearls to <laughs> hilarious just hilarious and and she her response to this was to go on you know to share it on linkedin to say very mature she did a very mature video saying look i've got this feedback um i don't agree with it i feel like it wouldn't have been given to a man what do you think what do you think? And she was very mature. My reaction to it was, oh my God, I want to dress up with way too much makeup and change my voice and put on pearls and do a spoof video. And um, just the, the, the feeling was overwhelming. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. And um, so I kind of asked for her permission because I, I felt, you know, I did, was a bit nervous about piggyback. I didn't want to be piggy, mm. piggybacking on something that was hers. So I made sure I referred to, you know, referenced her and everything. Janine Capaldi is her name. She's great. She's a wonderful LinkedIn trainer. She's going to be one of my podcast hosts. So we're, yeah. well, that's brilliant. Yeah. No, he's awesome. Um, so I did, I did a video and um, put on pearls, loads of makeup and just said, you know, that I was doing a credibility, 
credibility makeover because <laughs> obviously to be considered as professional you need loads of makeup and to wear pearls and put on a voice and stuff and the reaction was ridiculous you know I was quite nervous I thought oh my god what am I doing it's LinkedIn it's a professional platform mm. I felt really really nervous when I pushed that publish button but I just couldn't I couldn't stop myself because I was making myself laugh so much <laughs> It was it gone beyond what are other people going to think. It was just like, I think this is really funny and it's Friday. So, you know, people relax a bit on a Friday. The, the reaction was ridiculous. Um, people were saying it was so hilarious. And um, I got a message from one woman saying that it was the first time she'd laughed in months because she'd gone through a major um, health issue and she hadn't laughed for months. And she saw my stupid video and, made, and it made her laugh. And I was just like, oh my goodness, that is ridiculous. I must continue with this because, you know, if I'm making other people laugh and I'm making myself laugh, it's got to be good. Do you know what? I think that is a real litmus test because, um, as you know, I recently put something a bit quirky up and um, I insisted on showing my poor, long-suffering husband when he got home from work um, quite tired and everything but I said no you must look up my video because um, it's all about me and um, <laughs> and as I was showing it to him I was laughing and I thought <laughs> I, I joked about it I said gee how are you, what kind of egomaniac am I turning into I am not but actually and it's the same there are two things there you said that nervous feeling when you press publish I spoke to um, Trevor Young recently and he said exactly that, that he'd been told you need to feel a little bit nervous when you press publish. Trevor Young, episode two. We're very aligned in terms of this kind of consistency, authenticity and personal branding that isn't um, spammy and cheesy. <sighs> Let's all just take a breath and think about that. So... Just for my listeners, real basic stuff. When we talk about owned versus earned social media, and when we talk about PR, just, yeah, just chuck some... All right, um, let's talk about that. Well, when we're looking at owned and earned media, and it's not just on social, so earned media is is when you've earned the right for someone to talk about you. So whether that is in a traditional PR sense, that would be uh, a local radio station rings you up for an interview, uh, a podcast, this is, this is, I'd call this earned media. Um, when, you know, if, you, if someone lists you as one of the, the top 10 whatever in your industry, um, you know, if the local newspaper covers you, that's, that's called earned media. Now, the definition of earned media is extrapolated a little bit more now. I like to say that, you know, if, if people are sharing your content or they're hat-tipping you online in social media, etc., I'd like to think that, that you've earned the right for that to happen. So it's it's that implied third-party endorsement that you've mm -hmm. earned. It's, there is no such thing as free publicity, um, whether you've pitched it indirectly or people come to you for whatever reason, like a producer of the local radio station, then mm -hmm. you've still earned the right for that to take place. Um, Owned, the owned media side is those owned media channels that you you control um, the content um, and so obviously your email list so if you've got a, a newsletter that's going out a regular newsletter to a subscriber list um, via email you have your podcast 
um, your blog, your website, um, and even um, all your videos on YouTube. Now, you don't own, obviously, YouTube, but you own the content and you run that content and then you can put that content back onto your blog or your mm -hmm. website. Social media kind of fits in between because, as we mentioned, it's kind of like earned for people to be um, spreading your stuff and sharing your content. Um, but um, it's also owned only in as much as you own the content and you control the content you put on it. But of course, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all of them, they can all change the rules at any given stage. You do not own um, mm. those platforms. You have no control over those platforms. And so that's why in our space, we like saying, have your own channel, your own, you know, your own blog, your own content hub. So it doesn't matter what happens to Facebook or they Facebook strangle mm. organic reach from, you know, 1% to 0.1%. Um, that you're a little bit more insulated from that. So you're building on your own yeah. virtual turf, not someone else's uh, rented land. I'm doing that in air quotes, which always works well in a podcast. <laughs> um, if we looked at, did you want sort of to extrapolate that into, into PR? Yeah. Because Oh, is that again? Uh, I'll, I can just extrapolate that out into public relations and PR yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what confuses, even people in our industry really get confused what PR is. So public relations is what I'll tell you what it's not. It's not about getting your name in the press. That's one small part of what it is. Um, but it's certainly by no means the only part. I would know PR consultants who 10 years ago, they probably did a lot more what we'd call media relations. Um, but these days uh, might not even speak to a journalist. And so, you know, when people say get some free PR, not possible. PR doesn't stand for press release. Um, you can't PR something. Something's not PRable, um, and it's not uh, about getting your name in the in the in the newspaper. It mm. might be a part of a bigger program, um, but you know, you have people who are publicists, publicists, and that's their role. That's what they do. They they get you coverage on you know for an event or a, a product or a service or whatever, and. Um, really good at what they do and it's a really sometimes an often thankless task and very much not the uh the champagne and um <laughs> balloons and giggles um that uh it's often purported to be mark masters episode six and it is this thing as well is that when we open up and when we spend time with one another we're not disconnected from one another. And I see that there's so much happening at the minute when it comes to isolation. And there is, there is stuff that comes to uh, um, being lonely and, 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 and being not a part of something mm. because we live a life online. But if, because that's the way it's encouraged, you create a lunch club, it becomes a thing for, for people to be present and to know one another. Mm. And then the conversations that happen from that, that over time you have these occasions to, celeb to celebrate, which was the conference, it becomes easier for people to talk and to have that conversation. But I love the idea that people are opening up and mm. everything else and recognising our, our weaknesses though, yeah. and everything yeah. else yeah. And, 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 and vulnerabilities and stuff like rough that. Rough edges, that's what it's got. It's got, we like a few rough edges. Love it. Jules White, episode 18. The big thing about sales when I coach people is to bring them right back to who they are who they are, their personality, their uniqueness, which is the most adorable thing in humans that I see, um, and actually why they're doing what they're doing. Tracy Tate, episode four. Absolutely. I think it's something about letting people in as well. And it's when you, when you share those really normal everyday things, 
that you do, that you're more than a social media profile, that you're more than just that, like a, a website page. And, and it just starts that conversation. You know, I love Tunnock's Tea Cakes as well. I love Take That. And I will talk about all those, you know, those things. So when people are worried about, you know, how can I then tell people that, you know, I am me without, you know, comparing themselves to other people and talking about what they're talking about that wouldn't, wouldn't be natural for you. You wouldn't say it in real life. So why would you then pretend to be that on online? Peter Sumpton, episode 11. But I mean, uh, so, so who's, who's, who's even got a, a minute these days? You know, who, who has, we, we, we flick through social, like we're flicking through a deck of cards, uh, doing a magic trick. And I suppose social is a bit like a, a magic trick. But the, the thing to remember is that you need to make it engaging. You need to make it specific to who you're targeting. And fundamentally, another reason that, that uh, well, I like doing them and I find them so engaging is because you, you're focusing on one core thing, one singular thing. And the more things you add in, the, the more complex it gets, the more confusing your message gets. So for anyone listening, you just need to keep it simple. And don't think because you're focusing on one single thing that you can't do any of the other things. Because if you gain that attention from somebody, from that one singular thing, they'll find out the rest about you. Bomberg, me being a bit silly, episode 14. I'm not going to ask you how old you are. What, what a personal question that would be. I'm 61, that's okay. Oh, thank you, I'm 62. I, no I a, way, boy, yeah. you, you know, we're on video right now and you look a lot younger than I do. Wow, you have, you have good genes. Congratulations. <laughs> I didn't do that deliberately, but hey, I'll take it. Um, you also look great, obviously, Bob, as well. Um, oh, let's just talk about how great we look at Irish. No, seriously. Janine Capaldi, episode nine. So I think that there is a kind of uh, maybe a bit of an assumption or a mentality when it comes to um, any kind of networking, whether it's so online or, or offline, mm. that these situations can be quite intimidating. I mean, they can be intimidating for anybody, I guess. But I mean, I think of it as, as you know, someone who is introverted and who actually doesn't necessarily like crowds or lots of groups of people or um, even being the centre of attention. I'm really quite happy to sit there in the wings, take in what I need and go and reflect on it when I'm on my own. And that's where, that's where my kind of realisations or my answers come. They very rarely come in the moment. So for me to go to, you know, originally in the early days, for me to go to networking events, um, it was, and, and kind of be there in the capacity of, um, you know, business development, trying to grow and, um, and build my business. It was really, you know, it was so intimidating and I, I just, I hated it. And that was why I turned, that was why I turned to LinkedIn because I thought, well, you know, it's, it, it, it felt safer in some way, but then I guess the next, the next, um, the next step was, well, actually, people still need to see you even though it's social media they're still going to want to see you but again that didn't have to mean that I was that I needed to be loud or um super kind of super energetic and acting really like really confident 
if I wasn't I mean that built oh, that that's certainly built over time but I think what 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 LinkedIn has enabled me to do and I see it enabling so so many other people is that actually by kind of when you understand when you understand like who you you know I'm not going into like a big old deep kind of finding yourself understand who you are <laughs> but when you know when you know the, when you you know you know the basics of the person you are you know how you want to come across and actually you know who the people are that you want to build those relationships with potentially see if there's opportunity to work with them later down the line whatever those things when you know who those people are you'll realize that the people that you want to work with are often the people that want to work with you as well. Nick Hickson, episode 23. Sounds so simple when you say it like that. Well, it is simple. Just don't complicate it. Yes. But yes, but just do it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so that brings us to decision making. We can get into complete and utter rabbit holes, can't we? Well, we're all so good at it, aren't we? Horribly. Getting into rabbit holes or making decisions. Make oh, both. <clears throat> Generate decisions to get into rabbit holes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're not helped. I mean, uh, our education system and the way that we are taught how to do business is, is fundamentally unhelpful in this country and quite a few other ones. Um, so if you say we started a business and uh, say, oh, I know nothing about business. I know how to make widgets. It's always widgets, but there you go, sorry. Um, so you go on, on sundry government courses and you go to the marketing course and the marketing expert tells you how absolutely essential this is. And you go to the finance course and the accountant tells you how absolutely essential that is and so on and so forth. And nobody joins it up. Uh, absolutely nobody joins it up. And nobody tells you which bits out of all this crud that you really need to do. And don't teach and don't teach you the other ones because the marketing guy or the accountant or whatever will teach you everything they possibly can because it's so 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 important to them. Yes. But not to you. Yes. So there, there really are there are some it. gems out there, myself being one of them, and somebody that I'm working with as well, who absolutely doesn't do that, who who absolutely gets the dots joined up. And it it's it's the huge difference. It's what I do in coaching as well. There's no, there's no point in me just talking about elements of communication and then sending somebody out into the world without having thought through some knock-on effects and some random things that might also be involved in that. And, you know, you say, well, yes, I talk about face-to-face communication, but obviously your online communication is kind of just an extension of that. So of course we're going to cover that as well when it comes up. Yeah, joined up thinking. Date episode 15. So who is this person that's starting this business? You know, I suppose that's what you've got to think of. I mean, if this is your business and you are really the head honcho, what message, you know, are you wanting to give out? And I think with me, I started off thinking I need to be I need to look like a hypnotherapist. That was my, that was my thing in my head. So I grew my hair long and tied it back in a ponytail. And if you look at pictures of me at the beginning, 
I was like, what, who's that? I look like my granny. And then um, after a while, I thought, wait, what am I teaching people? What am I talking about every day? I'm talking about empowering people. I'm talking about helping them discover the real them. You know, the, the part of them that makes them unique and individual. And I'm helping them celebrate that part of them. So their self-esteem, their self-worth, their self-value. And I was like, wait, I've got this long hair. It isn't really me. Me. Episode one. How about this? This is from somebody called Henna Inam, who is the CEO of Transformational Leadership Inc. And her book is really interesting. It's called Wired for Authenticity. Here we go. Being authentic requires courage because it requires us to overcome our fears, voice something we believe even if others disagree and step outside our comfort zones. We choose to move through our discomfort rather than avoid it. We decide to stare all the imaginary fire-breathing dragons in the face and we grow to realise that many of them are illusions we made up anyway. Lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be-